0: Help, help. I do not want to die like this. Most will claim my choice to be in cowardice, just an act of senseless oppression. But at least I shall be my own executioner, not subject to the ravages of disease or the perils of murder. Into the realms unknown to the living I have entered. A resort reserved for the brave. Images not reflected by shadows. Mass not dictated by emotion.
1: Greetings future corpses and welcome to the gothic side of life. I am your funeral guide, Glen Lee Allen Davis. <coughs> well, we have a pretty fucking morbid show for you today. Morbid. I'm sure you have some idea of it by the title of the show. It's only August, right? So my son watches a lot of YouTube videos with tier lists. And, of course, I'm subjected to those as well. Now, usually, tier lists are for, like, gaming or your favorite food, your anime characters, shit like that. I thought, you know, being as fucked up as I am, I'd give my own screwed up version of it. So, suicide, of course, being the subject, a subject that I find most fascinating. So, this is my celebrity suicide tier list. Now, before the naysayers start in with their little petty bullshit, you can't talk about suicide. That's wrong. You can't do that. That's not PC. You're going to hurt somebody. Yeah, fuck off. Let me tell you this, okay? Suicide is a subject that we should talk about more. And yes, sometimes in a joking manner. Because the more you discuss a subject, even if it's uncomfortable, the more you become familiar with that subject, You can identify issues in other people when they arise. If you just want to sit in your fucking hole and ignore everything around you, you will never understand the things that are most important to some people. Thus, you will miss the opportunity to help someone who may one day truly need your help. So get off your high fucking horse. We all deal with it. So why not approach it head on? Now, listen, I'm not here to glorify suicide. Rather... I am here to bring attention to it and celebrate those people who have passed by such horrible tragedy. So we're going to explore a lot of emotions today. We are going to be sad about the great people for some reason we have fictitiously had in our lives and memorialize them for their greatness. We're going to laugh a little, cry a little, and appreciate our own life that we have in front of us. And maybe, just maybe, by doing this, we will show some of us out there that are on the brink of disaster, that we have more to offer than what we think we really have. Now, I'm gonna do a YouTube video for this as well, so you can have the visuals. Check out my YouTube channel, just look up Gothic Side of Life on YouTube. And also, if at any time you have a memory about someone I mentioned, like where you were when it happened, or how it made you feel, please, by all means, let me know, put it in the comments section, share it, That way we can create a collective discussion about the subject. If you're into horror, if you're into weird shit, if you admired serial killers growing up like I did, then this list should not be any shock and awe or surprise to you. In fact, it should be quite a pleasure. So welcome to my celebrity suicide tier list. If you are not familiar with what a tier list is, let me give a quick explanation. Normally, you have a bunch of items that you rate them by tier. S being super best, then it goes to A, B, C, and D, and so forth like that. And basically, what you do is you move the pictures of that item uh, you're talking about into a tier that you think best fits. Now, since suicide is not really a thing you can rate like that, I mean, I'm pretty fucked up, but even I'm not sick enough to rate death by best to worst. So we're going to change a few things. So instead of the S tier we're going we're gonna to switch it up a bit, all right? So S tier being the best or at the top of the list or however you want to uh, say it, S tier is now going to be, wow, unexpected. A tier is going to be for tragic. Now B tier is going to be for gruesome. These are the people that went out of their way to make it as gruesome and hellish as possible for those around them to find their beautiful bodies. C tier is going to be expected. And the last tier, which is normally D, is going to be no one cared. So those are our tears. Not tears of crying, our tears of where to put the shit. Did that make sense? Okay. Okay, so the first celebrity on my list, of course, can be none other than Kurt Cobain. Okay, this was very tragic. On April 5th, 1994, Kurt Cobain shot himself in the head, left a suicide note, he was only 27 years old, Of course, the lead singer and guitarist of Nirvana. Now, if you don't know who Nirvana is, then fuck, I I don't know what to tell you. So what happened on April 5th, 1994? He obviously got into a dark place in his life and decided to end it all with a shotgun. The strange thing about this was he did leave a note, but for some reason, it was such a shock to everybody. Nobody believed it. So shortly after, there were all these conspiracy theories that uh, uh, Courtney Love hired somebody to kill him, Uh, some guy from a punk band, some idiot, like that guy, El Duche, I think his name was, like like that guy could pull it off. I've seen that guy in the clubs. I've seen him live on stage. He's a fucking drunken idiot. So there's no possible way that guy could have killed Kurt Cobain. There was no conspiracy. It happened. He got depressed, like many people, and unfortunately... He ended his life early. I'm going to read a little bit of the note that he left, which I thought was very moving. And it's very telling into
0: who he actually was. I have it good, very good. And I'm grateful. But since the age of seven, I've become hateful towards all humans in general, only because it seems so easy for people to get along that have empathy only because I love and feel sorry for people too much, I guess. Thank you all from the pit of my burning, nauseous stomach for your letters and concern during the past years. I'm too much of an erratic booty baby. I don't have the passion anymore. So remember, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Now, clearly he was going
1: through a very painful moment in his life. And just the fact that he mentioned it was since age seven, clearly hit something he had struggled with for a very long time. And that's what you usually find with most suicide victims is if you look at their backstory, if you look at the surrounding circumstances, you will see that it was there. Just nobody picked up on the signs. And that's what bugged me about this suicide more than anything else is the reaction from people, his fans, and the reaction from the media. MTV was nauseating. It was just God, it was. And I hadn't watched MTV in a while. So I didn't wasn't really aware of how stupid it had become. And when I started watching MTV because they had the exclusive story because they were in Seattle and everybody, they were trying to prevent people from committing mass suicide. And it was this huge ordeal. I just remember Kurt Loder and his dumbass talking with psychologists and psychiatrists and trying to explain Kurt's state of mind and his lyrics. And they were, oh, his lyrics were basically suicide notes. And they're all, and they're like acting like, oh, they knew that this was gonna happen. It's like, shut the fuck up, man. I just remember it being very, very annoying. So yes, Kurt Cobain, but what tier do we add him to? I think with Kurt, I think he's gonna go in the tragic category. Obviously it was very tragic that that happened. That was a horrible thing. So next on our list, You can't have a suicide list without this person. That's for sure. We're talking, of course, about Mr. Roz Williams of Christian Death. Now with him, it was on April 1st, 1998. Roz hung himself in his, I think it was in the closet of his apartment. Uh, He was 34 years old. Because it was on April Fool's Day, everyone kind of thought it was a joke. Nobody took it seriously. And then soon after, it kind of sunk in and everybody was like, oh shit, he, he actually did it. Now, if you know anything about Roz Williams, you know he was obsessed with the number thirteen thirty-four. Now he was thirty-four years old. If only he had done it on Friday the thirteenth, I think that would have gone down as like the ultimate fuck you to all to being in control of his own life and and choosing his own destiny. Now with Roz Williams, I was in Hollywood at the time. Uh, I was at the height of our uh, music career. You know we were. Definitely shocked about it, but not really surprised. You know, we weren't we weren't exactly going, oh, yeah, you know, like, oh, that threw us. You know, it was Ross Williams. You kind of knew if you were in the scene, you kind of knew he was a drug addict. You kind of knew that he was depressed. You kind of knew all the stuff that went with it. But luckily, as it turns out, I actually got tickets to the premiere shortly after the movie Pig at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood. Now, this was a movie that he uh, premiered in. The funny thing is, to me, I don't know why I always associate. The reason they built the Egyptian theater was to show like old Disney movies and things. That was the initial uh, uh, plug uh, of why they built it on Hollywood Boulevard. So to me, it's funny that I went to go see a movie about Roz Williams in this totally fucked up, weird, uh, artistic film. It's basically like blasphemy in this theater. So it was kind of cool. The movie itself was Okay. What I find weird is I don't know if Roz Williams ripped off Trent Reznor with the whole pig theme thing, or if it was the other way around. I just remember associating, oh, pigs. Trent Reznor always said something about pigs. Roz Williams always made a reference to pigs. I don't know if there's a crossover there. Uh, that's probably a discussion for another time. But I do remember the director of the film, Nico, Nico B., he was there and he took questions after the film. And to me, it was pretty funny because this guy had really nothing nice to say about Roz at that premiere other than Roz pretty much tortured his ass throughout the whole filming of the movie. Like somebody would ask him a question and I just remember him saying, yeah, Roz didn't like it. He was like, I think he was German or something. And he he, he kept throwing stuff at me and uh, he was calling me names all the time. And he was difficult, basically saying he was difficult to, to work with. That seems like how Roz would be just a pain in the ass, which is cool. So with Roz Williams, let's see here, you know, what tier should he go in? I think he would go into expected. So Roz, I love Roz. He's the best. Our next one, we have to keep in the Williams theme here, Roz Williams. And now let's go to Robin Williams. So in August, 2014, at the age of 63, Williams committed suicide in his home in Paradise K, California. Now, if I remember correctly, this was kind of a weird suicide. He did a weird strangulation thing. Like he went out of his way to strangle himself. But later it was found out that he was struggling with Lew body disease, which kind of makes you go crazy. And you, you kind of don't know what's going on. And they didn't catch it. I remember with this one, I was actually at the WWE live here in Portland with my kids watching some wrestling. In the audience, I kept seeing Robin Williams's picture pop up on everyone's phone, and then everyone turning around was And I was like, what the fuck's going on? Why is everybody looking at Robin Williams? And then, of course, I pulled my phone out and saw that it happened, and, and it actually made me really sad. It's weird when you lose somebody like that that you grow up with, because with Robin Williams, you know, Mork and Mindy, I was a little kid. There isn't anybody on this planet that didn't see one of his movies or see him in a TV show or a comedy act I mean, he's, he was everywhere over the last 30 years, you know, 30, 40 years. So he meant a lot to a lot of people. It's one of those things where it's one of those cases where you have this fictitious relationship with somebody because you see them all the time on TV. You know, I grew up with Mork and Mindy. My grandmother and I used to watch it uh, all the time when I was a kid. And what's weird is that he was in a movie, right? And my grandmother says, let's go see this movie That Robin Williams, is he's from Mork and Mindy, and she just wanted me to go with her. I think she didn't want to go alone. And it ended up being The World According to Garp. Now, this is a rated R movie. I was nine years old at the time. It's all about sex and weird shit going on, you know, life and growing up and stuff. And I remember in the theater, I remember feeling the pain and the emotion through his character and through the movie itself. But what stuck out to me the most, as a nine-year-old kid, his wife in the movie is blowing some college kid in the front seat of the car. Robin Williams' character is driving home and doesn't see their car in the driveway, and he smashes into them. And because of that, she basically bites his dick off. Now, obviously, they didn't show it, but I kind of understood what was going on. But if I didn't, John Lithgow's character, the trans character, definitely explained it to me by saying, hey, I remember getting my penis cut off at the doctor, but having it bitten off, now that's the way to go. (laughs) Uh, He was a great actor. I thought he was a great actor in that movie. I thought he was a great actor in pretty much every movie he's done. So I think with, what are we doing here? With Robin Williams, I think we're going to put Robin Williams in the tragedy section. He deserves to be next to Kurt Cobain. Our next one is gonna be Chris Cornell. Now, anyone who's followed Chris Cornell over the years, you know that he did struggle with depression. He was kind of open about it, uh, especially when he was on the Howard Stern Show. I loved his interviews on there. Of course, I loved his voice. He was found dead in a Detroit hotel room in the early hours of May 18th in 2017. It was after one of the uh, concerts uh, with Soundgarden. Again, another hanging. Uh definitely Soundgarden was a big influence on me. I loved their music in high school. Uh I was a big fan. Uh I loved all of his other projects as well. It was very sad. You know somebody like that is so fucking talented. You know somebody like that has so much to give the world, but they can't see how much they're giving the world because of whatever whatever shit they're going through. Whatever a poor thing that they're doing they're struggling with they can't see how much contribution they give to society and that's a shame no matter how many fans told them how much they loved them you could have a million people tell you how great you are but some people focus on just that one person that's a dick it's really a shame there's always got to be some dick out there you know and i don't really get it in fact just yesterday i made a post for uh My brother promoting his live performance of Animals and the Creatures on my YouTube channel. And I put the thumbnail in there and stuff. And he's wearing makeup. You know, it's it's like a smeared black makeup, kind of like Robert Smith style, which to me, it looked really cool. But then some asshole on Facebook commented and said, oh, I'm sure he's a good musician. But it looks like he swallowed a piece of charcoal and he was too drunk to realize it. And he just woke up and figured it out. You know, it's like don't be a fucking dick, man. You know, like there was no reason for that. And I was going to say some shit to the guy. I was going to call him out on it. You know, it doesn't serve any point. The guy's a fucking asshole. He ain't going to change, you know? And it's just a shame. That's what I'm talking about. That's the driving force behind a lot of people's, uh, uh suicide and depression because I've been there, you know, you, you, All these people say what great things you do or how wonderful you are, but you focus on that one fuckhead, that one asshole that just fucking drives you crazy with that one comment like, oh, you're boring or your your music sucks or that, you know, and it just fucking drives you nuts because you're producing something and you want everyone to like it. It's easy to say, hey, I don't give a shit what people think. And usually I'm pretty good at that myself, but it's hard when you're putting yourself out there. It's one of the hardest things to do. And that's why artists suffer so much from depression because they're putting themselves out there to be ridiculed. And sure enough, there's always a dick out there to fuck with somebody and say something stupid. So as my grandmother always used to say to me, if you don't have anything nice to say, shut your fucking mouth or I'm going to poke your fucking eyeballs out. My grandma was a badass, by the way. So Chris Cornell, definitely tragic. I think he would go into that category. He could still be performing some really great music. So next up is Ian Curtis. Now, Ian Curtis is obviously from Joy Division, if you guys don't know. Another May one in 1980. Ian Curtis, he hung himself in his Cheshire kitchen. I don't know what that means. Is that a is that the city of Cheshire? Is it a special kitchen? Again, another hanging. It, that seems to be the favorite these days is hanging. Uh, He was only 23 years old. By the way, this was the same instance as Chris Cornell, even though it was back in 1980. They believe that his suicide was caused by the side effects of the medication that he took. So that's a horrible thing, too, about suicide is that you suffer from depression and these people create these cocktails of drugs for you to take to make you better. But in some instances, it makes you worse. It, It actually causes the suicide. And that's the same thing that happened with Chris Cornell, that uh, his wife stated that uh, she was going to sue the drug company over the fact that he was never suicidal. He was depressed, but he wasn't suicidal, that the drugs itself caused him to reach the brink. Because when you're taking a weird substance, you know, it could fuck with your head, man. It could fuck with you and you don't know what the hell's going on. I think with suicide, a lot of people are trying to test the limits of their own bodies and test the limits of their mind, and a lot of suicides are probably accidental. They were they were just kind of pushing themselves in that direction, but they really couldn't. They don't really want to die; they just want to see how far they can take their own obsession or or, or compulsion. But then it obviously accidents happen where you trip and fall and things like that. The, that's the way I feel. So uh, a good portion of suicide, at least that's what I like to believe. I like to believe in the the fantasy that most people didn't really want to commit suicide that they just did it on accident by trying to push themselves because i know i've been in that position and maybe i'll share that story with you guys another time again ian there was no emotional attachment for me because he was already dead when i started listening to his music but definitely i think he would be under the tragic category All right, so maybe this next one, a lot of you might not know who he is. Uh, He was the guitarist for Fintral. His name was Timu Somnium Ramaranta, and he died on Sunday morning, March 16th, 2003. And they said it was from an alcohol-related fall. He fell from a bridge. He was only 25 years old, but it later turned out that it was suicide. Now, if you've never heard the band Fintroll, it's it's a really cool band. It's like a metal band. It's almost like a drinking metal band. Like you you just want to pick up some ale and fucking clog and dance and bang your head at the same time. It's, it's It's actually really cool. I love their music. The odd thing is, is with him, is that I was actually in Finland at the time. My girlfriend at the time, she dated Timu previously, and when I say dated, I say eh, probably slutted around. She was she probably partied too much and she hung around with them a lot. And so they ended up together quite a few nights here and there. So uh <laughs> she that's one of the reasons she got the call first from her friends that this had happened. Now my recollection of this is is that when uh Timu when they called her about Timu, they explained that he was They were drinking, they went over to the bridge. Now, in Finland, at that time of year, the water under the bridge is frozen completely solid. So normally, if you were to fall from that height, there was like maybe like a, a story, if that. Anything else, he probably would have, if he would have fell out of a window at that height, he probably would have survived. But because it was solid ice, pretty much crack, boom, it's over. So what was told to her at the time Uh, And I was right there when it was told to her, he said he he was drunk. He said he didn't want to live anymore. And then I guess as he was on the bridge, like kind of being dramatic, I guess you could say, somebody tried to reach for him and he uh, uh, kind of pulled away and then he fell. And that's when we were both like, oh, well, then, you know, probably not really suicide. It's probably just him uh, being dramatic. And it was an accident. Uh, Like I said, some people want to push the limits of who they are and what their mindset is, and you end up doing something stupid. But as the story goes later on, one of his other bandmates came out and said, no, this was a suicide. I was there. He talked about suicide all the time. And even when the toxicology report came back, it turned out he only had three beers in his system. Now, let me tell you something. Three beers in Finland is like the equivalent of just licking the water off the sidewalk. There's, there's no way the guy was fucking drunk on three beers. No fucking way. Unless they lied on that too, to cover it up. But the guy said, no, he was there. He said he wanted to kill himself. Nobody stopped him. And he jumped from uh, the bridge and that he was kind of lived the rock star lifestyle where he constantly. And uh, my girlfriend at the time told me the same thing that, you know, she felt very bad, but he was like a total party guy. And all he wanted to do was party, party, party. And he didn't really care about his, he didn't give much thought to his life. But what surprised me the most is the next day we went to the bridge where it happened. It was kind of cool at the, you know, Mia thinking at the time, whoa, cool. I could still see blood all over the, over the ice. What surprised me the most is the memorial they had at the bridge. They were a pretty popular band. I think they had like the number two song or something in Finland, maybe even the number one. I don't remember. I know it was high up on the charts to have a metal song like that. Number one on the charts in America, you know, if this guy had died, they would have been just like, okay, whatever. We'll put like a cross out and we'll put some flowers down. No big deal. But I'm telling you on this bridge, it was as if fucking Michael Jackson died. I mean, there were these little memorial bags with like candles in them and they were covered the whole bridge. I mean, there were so many, there had to be thousands of them. There were so many of them that they covered the bridge all the way into the street. Like one lane of the street was completely taken up and it was all the way across the whole bridge. To me, I was like, Holy shit, this guy, I I thought he was fucking the King of England or something. It was just like crazy. And I think I even said something uh, out loud while I was there, me and my big mouth. I said something like, oh, what is this guy? Michael Jackson or something? And then somebody turned to me, one of the uh, girl there, and said, oh, in Finland, we take our music very seriously. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, okay, I guess you do. Yeah, all right, fair enough. (laughs) But so with Timu, I think we... Are going to put him under expected because even though they tried to say it wasn't suicide but later on you found out that everybody pretty much expected it because he did he was kind of reckless with his life and he was kind of reckless he was kind of open about wanting to die all the time from what i read for me this is just third-hand knowledge and what i saw in front of me so if i offend anybody about uh, accounting my own situation go, like, oh that's not right or that's that's not it. That's not what really happened. Hey, that's just what I heard. And that's just what I saw. So that leads us to our next one, which is of course, dead from mayhem. Now the OG Norwegian black metal band mayhem, uh, the original singer dead, he committed suicide at the age of 22 in April, 1991. Now the reason this is so significant, this suicide is, let me explain it like this. Obviously, this guy was a pretty, it's pretty much expected that he was going to commit suicide because he even asked his friends to kill him from, from what I read and what, again, what I heard. If you haven't seen the movie Lords of Chaos, go see it. It's about the black metal scene in the 90s. Now, some would say, especially uh, a, a lot of hardcore fans, they would say the movie doesn't depict the true life of the black metal guys. And I think even Varg got pissed off because his character was played by a Jewish guy. He was very insensitive and racial about it, but that's who Varg is. Of course, they're going to say it's not true or whatever. But if you read the book as well, too, it it matched up pretty well. Uh, It's a good movie. But what it does in the movie is it depicts his suicide perfectly. Now, this guy really fucking wanted to die because what he did is he slit each of his wrists. Then he slit his throat. And when that didn't kill him, he wanted to die even sooner. He grabbed a shotgun and blew his head off. Okay, now to me, that's somebody who wants to fucking die. Uh, But then it gets even better from there. Not only did all of this stuff happen, that he slid his wrist, cut his throat, shot himself in the head. That's true black metal. True black metal. metal. But when his guitar player, Euronymous, who would die later on, got home and saw him, did he call the cops? Did he call an ambulance? No. What he did is he rearranged his body and took pictures of it and used it as the cover of their live album, The Dawn of the Black Hearts. Now that is true fucking black metal right there. So obviously with Dead, it's tragic, but it's also kind of shocking. So it's kind of everything rolled into one. You don't know how to feel about something like that when when you hear about it. Uh, So definitely with Dead, we're going to put him under gruesome. And now we're on to our next one, Yukio Mishima. Now this is, you probably don't, haven't heard of him. He was a a famous poet and writer in Japan on November 25th, 1970, he killed himself, but the way he did it was unique, not unique to Japan's uh, uh, sake. Well, I guess it was for the being in the 1970s because what he did is he performed seppuku and seppuku is a tradition of samurais where they take a sword, their short sword, cut open their guts, let their guts fall out, and then somebody chops their head off. He was a great poet. He was a great uh, writer. But unfortunately, with most artists like that, they're tortured. He, from what I understand, he wanted to overthrow the government. He went to the military to try to get them on his side. But they kind of laughed at him and made fun of him and said, no, we're not going to do that. And I guess he was offended by that. So then, or shamed by that, I should say. He was shamed. So he went in back into the room and he was with four other people that were supposed to do it with him. And he performed the ritual and he slices uh stomach open. His guts came out. And then here's where it gets even weirder is when you perform seppuku, when you do that, you have to have uh, basically a person to help you cut your head off. So that way you don't suffer. And the person that was assigned to cut his head off couldn't do it. It took him three tries and he kept whacking him. And I guess maybe he was nervous or he couldn't, you know, I mean, this was probably his friend. So it was a hard thing to actually see once you're doing it to chop somebody's head off. So after three whacks, somebody else stepped in. So I thought that was very interesting, a very interesting suicide. Definitely with Yukio, he will definitely be under the gruesome section. No doubt about that. Cause there's no other place for that one. <laughs> so next on our list is Dana Michelle Plato. She was the sister on Different Strokes. Okay, on May 8th, 1999, again, another goddamn... What is it with fucking May and ropes? People love hanging themselves and they love the month of May to kill themselves. There's something... She was 34 years old. Uh, She was on Different Strokes. I grew up watching her. Now with her, it was by overdose they thought it was accidental overdose of painkiller and valium because she was a drug addict she did have a history uh doing that but they found out that it was well over the amount that somebody should take so clearly it was a suicide and with this it, it's kind of sad you know when i heard about it, i was like oh okay you know no big deal that's sad but you know who is that again? Oh, different drugs. Okay. Yeah. I remember her. It's sad, especially when somebody is addicted to drugs They obviously they're being very tortured over their life. You know, it's kind of like the same thing happened with the chick from that 70s show. Hers wasn't a suicide, but it was an overdose and she had the same problem, drug use, uh, child actor. And, you know, so definitely with Dana, we are going to have to put her under the, the no one cares category. I mean, I'm sure her family cared, but what I'm saying is the general public that knew her, you probably kind of said, oh, yeah, I remember her. Okay. All right. Let me go on my life. And unfortunately, that's, that's, that's the saddest of all is the no one cares category. Which brings me to the next one, which is Savannah. Now, I don't know if anybody remembered Savannah. I do remember this one. This happened in July 11th in 1994. And Savannah, if you didn't know, she was a porn star. She was a pretty famous porn star but not really famous in the sense that everybody knew about her until her suicide. And I guess what happened was is she got in a car accident after partying and stuff like that. And she basically smashed her face up. And when she went home, apparently she asked her friend to walk her dog. And then I think maybe she realized her face. She would never be able to work again with her face like that. And she got depressed and, and then shot herself in the head. Now it's really sad Again, uh, uh, you know, she was only 23 years old. The worst part about this one, though, is realistically, no one kind of cared. But the only reason they did care is because she was a porn star. And that to me kind of pissed me off. And I remember at the time being pissed off because there was this big old thing, you know, all the religious people coming out and saying, oh, see, that's what happens when you're a porn star. I want to take a moment here for everyone to kind of note when Kurt Cobain died, did they say rock and roll was a bad thing? When Robin Williams died, did they say, oh, acting is a horrible thing to do. You should never do acting or any of these other musicians. Nobody said shit about what they did for a living other than just being a tortured artist. The fact that she was a porn star, now all of a sudden everybody cared, oh, porn is bad, porn is bad. So they just used her as a way to, to basically put down the porn industry and try to stop it. And to me, that's fucked up. Okay, that's, that's like a fucked up, it's usually those fucking fucked up Christians that do that shit trying to push their own agenda. Listen, the girl was depressed or for whatever reason she did it, she's no different than all the thousands upon thousands of other people that commit suicide. It had nothing to do with her porn industry. It, girls do porn all the time. If porn caused suicide, we wouldn't have any naked chicks on the internet anymore. That's just not the way it works. And when people blame video games for kids' behavior and porn for boys being rapists and, oh, all the bad things and depression and shit. Oh, you know, no, give me a fucking break. I'm not saying porn stars make great decisions. Some of them do, some of them don't, but that had nothing to do with her suicide. Clearly she had some mental issues and that's what they needed to recognize and not just make a fucking political zoo out of it. So That kind of pissed me off, but with Savannah, I am going to put her under no one care because no one actually cared about her suicide itself other than her faithful fans, but the actual media and people like that, they only made, uh, um, they made an example of her to try to attack porn. So now we are on to Bud. Okay. Now this is our Bud Dwyer. I don't know if any of you remember Robert Bud Dwyer. But here's the story. I'm going to tell you this story. It's a really fucked up story. So apparently Bud Dwyer was a politician and he did some scam shit. He took some bribes or something like that and he got caught. Now, when he got caught, he went through the thing. He was going to be sentenced. uh, He's completely disgraced. And he was supposed to be sentenced on January 23rd, 1987, So what he does is he has a press conference on January 22nd, 1987, the day before he's supposed to be sentenced. The best part about this suicide is that it was filmed on all the news stations. He had a press conference. He started handing out packets to everybody, little packets, I guess, maybe uh, 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 telling everybody what he was going to do. And then the last packet he had, he pulled out a huge revolver and held it up, and he tried to say something, but before uh, everyone started screaming at him, telling him no, not to do it, and before anyone could grab him, he shot himself in the head on live television, dropped to the floor, and blood just gushed out of his nose. It it was like a fucking water faucet. Now, why this is important to me is because I grew up watching faces of death, like 17, 18 years old, 16, maybe even, I saw this and I was blown away by it. You know, when you're a kid, you're kind of fascinated by death. And I watched this over and over again. And I was obsessed with faces of death. To me, it was just so amazing just watching the blood and you can still watch this if you want. It's on YouTube, which is odd to me because YouTube blocks everything, anything to do with anything, but yet a fucking live suicide. You can watch it on there. You just have to click it a few times, letting them know that you're fine with it, with blood and gore or whatever. And to me, it was fascinating just watching because I, you know, obviously you want to see how the human body works. And to see the aftermath of that, the, the real thing is just so creepy. And it makes you, it, it has this weird, euphoric feel to it that you're watching it for the first time and you're like, whoa, that's so fucking creepy. This isn't a, a movie. This isn't Friday the 13th or, uh, you know, it, it's a real fucking thing. And you just see the blood gushing out, like I mean, it was like a water fountain. It was just like, like just pouring out. And to me, that that just uh, fascinated me. And as a side note, okay, being obsessed with Faces of Death later on in my life, around 1994, 95, somewhere around there, I was living in North Hollywood, California, and uh, I came across. A, I had I hadn't watched the videos in a long time, and I came across a video store. That had like four, all like one through four at the time. And I was like, oh fuck. I'm basically, I just watched a whole marathon of fucking faces of death back to back in my room all alone, just watching it. Oh fuck, 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 fuck. So, and then at some point, I said, okay, I gotta get out of here. I'm the, I gotta get out of the house. I gotta get some fresh air. So I went to go get something to eat. I'm on my way to pick something up in my car, driving along, da da da. Of course, it's LA, there's traffic everywhere there was an accident up and up ahead of me. So I'm, I'm caught in the accident. And apparently there was a guy, I don't know in LA, if you're familiar with Hollywood, there's people on the side of the road selling roses or oranges. And this guy happened to be selling oranges. So apparently somebody hit him and he was laying in the center divider because a car lost control. Whack. He's, you know, he's laying there. I don't know what's going on at the time. I just see a guy laying on the ground, a car uh, off to the side, onto the bank. But what struck me as so fucking odd is the paramedics. Now the paramedics, they drove up to there and I swear, these guys were like fucking turtles. Now there's just a big fucking accident and some poor guys laying on the fucking ground. You don't know if he's dead or not. You don't know what the fucking situation is. And this paramedic was just like, I'm stuck in traffic I'm just watching this with amazement. This guy's just strolling along like fucking do, 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 And he goes up to the guy And it was the creepiest thing I ever saw. He bends over and grabs the guy's arm to check his pulse. Only he doesn't bend down to to be at his level to check on him. He just bends over, picks up his arm, and brings his arm up to him, like almost picking his head and his body up off the ground. He checks his pulse for about 10 seconds, and then he just lets go. It was just so creepy seeing him pick this guy up by the arm, Pulling his head, his whole, his lifeless body, and then just dropping him and having him just like, boom, onto the ground. And I was so freaked out by that. I was like, holy shit, is that guy dead? What? Like at the time I was thinking, what if he's still alive? You know, what the fuck, man? So after I got out of traffic, I went back around to go take another look, of course. I By the time I got there, there was already a sheet over the body. So, and there was no traffic at that time. So I had to keep going. So clearly he was dead. And when you see something like that, it kind of fucks you up. So I went straight home. I think I stayed in my room for at least two weeks straight. I didn't leave because I didn't want to be in a car accident. I didn't want anything bad to happen to me. It freaked me the fuck out. Short little side note with faces of death and Bud. Now Bud will miss him, but he did give an insight into people's state of mind when they commit suicide. And to see that is... I don't know. It's mind blowing to me. No pun intended. So with Bud, we're definitely going to put him under gruesome. There's no other category for him because it was bloody as shit. And so now our last one, last but not least, Ah, this one out of all the celebrity suicides that I've seen over the year, because realistically, you know, I kind of go, Oh man, that sucks and oh fuck you know but you know it, it i didn't know them personally so it doesn't really affect me you know like i'm sorry maybe i'm a cold hearted fucking person but if i don't know somebody personally i'm not really going to care i mean i care but i don't care like i'm not going to fucking cry i'm not going to fucking be emotional and shit because i heard somebody died that i never met in my life that lives a thousand miles away from me or that i've just seen on tv i'm sorry i would be sad about it and i'll say oh that sucks But I'm not going to, you know, I barely get emotional over my family. You think I'm going to get emotional over fucking somebody I don't even know? I'm sorry. That's just not who I am. But for some reason, with this person, Anthony Bourdain, that really fucked me up. When I heard about Anthony Bourdain, I was fucking blown away. I was so fucking sad. I don't know why. I just was. And I think... Well, let me first say that, you know, Anthony Bourdain, again, another hanging. He hung himself on June 8th, 2018 in a hotel in France. He was on location for a shoot for his cable food uh, show, Parts Unknown. He was 61 years old and it's fucking tragic. And the story, the rumor that's out there is that he was dating Asia Argento, uh, an actress, model, something like that. They never actually said, but I think they kind of broke up or had a fight. And that's what caused him to do what he did in the heat of the moment. Now, why it affected me is that a year prior to this, I had never heard of Anthony Bourdain. Never, ever, ever, never. So I was looking around on Netflix and I wanted to something to watch on Japan. I felt like watching some, uh, you know, Japanese, uh, about the culture and things like that. And he came up, uh, an episode of his when he was in Japan and he watched, uh, you know, um, with some sushi chefs, and I started watching it. And from there, I was fucking hooked, man. The guy just had a way of making you feel good about yourself. He had a he he had a way of making you feel like you were right next to him in the restaurant, that you were talking to him, that you were part of his conversation. He was very open about his drug use, his past drug use. He was open about his depression. And from the very beginning, I found it fascinating that he – kind of hated being around people. That's the impression that I even kind of said that, Oh, I don't like being here. I don't want to be around these people. And I kept thinking in my head, dude, you're doing a fucking cooking show traveling around the world. What do you think you're going to fucking do? You're going to be around people. But he was for, you could tell he was forcing himself to do it to help himself. And that's, I think hit me the most because that's, that's the way I am. I hate being around people Sometimes I force myself to be around them, but I don't want to be in that situation, but I know it's good for me to be in that situation. And if, but if I could avoid being around everybody, I would do it. But at some point you have to say to yourself, well, this is what I want to do. And in order for me to do it, I have to communicate with others. And I think he loved cooking. He loved traveling. He loved seeing different sites. And and so that involved him obviously communicating with other people. But if you watch his show parts, unknown, unknown, I think he had a couple other cookies. He's been around for a very fucking long time. You will know what I'm talking about. He just had a certain essence to his character, to who he was. He had empathy for everything around him. Yet at the same time, he was kind of cynical and a smart ass and a realist. He was realistic about things. And it was just really sad. And that one, of course, because of that... Anthony goes into the number one tier, the wow, completely unexpected. He's the only one there. He's the only one that deserves to be there for me. Totally blew me away. I can't even watch the show anymore. If it comes on CNN or if it comes on TV or something, I have to turn it off. I can't even watch it because it makes me so fucking sad. He was an amazing person and I feel really bad for his daughter and I feel really bad that he would do that. You know, and it would, to me, I was kind of pissed off. I was like, what the fuck, man? Because he seems so fucking like he had it together. It was almost like I say to myself, oh, I'll never commit suicide, fuck that shit. And that's kind of what you would think of him when you watch it, that was my, if I had to think about it, that was my impression that, oh, Anthony would never commit suicide, man. He, he's too fucking cool for that. And then you hear about him doing it, so you're kind of like, whoa, fuck, if he could do it, maybe, maybe it could happen to me, maybe I could be in that dark place at some point. And it kind of hits you like that, and you're like, fuck. That is my celebrity suicide tier list. Did I forget anybody? If I did, if you can think of somebody, leave a comment, let me know about it. Hopefully this is therapy for some people and not triggers for others, but I appreciate you guys listening to it. So now, as always, on a brighter note, let's get to something better. Let's talk about Eric's top five albums you should be listening to because this man, he knows music. He knows music better than you do, and he knows music better than I do. So when he says you should be listening to something, you should be listening to him about what you should be
0: listening to. If you've been hiding away like the rest of us and bored out of your fucking skull, not knowing what to listen to, tired of the same old bands you have in your playlist, then I've got the solution for you. Welcome to Eric's top five albums. These are absolutely the best five albums you will hear in all of eternity. I guarantee it or your money back. Spotify does not give refunds for bad taste in music, but you'll love these. I love them, and you'll love them too. Coming in at number five, I got Ostergram, Potus Magicum Diaboli. If you could find a physical copy of this album, I highly recommend that you get it because the artwork on the cover is amazing. It's Ostergram's debut album. It was released in 2017. It's purely dark, it's evil, it's atmospheric. This is an all-female black metal band from the Netherlands, and they have that traditional black metal sound locked down. So go check it out. Coming in at number four, I got Leonard Cohen, You Want It Darker. This is a 2016 release. This is a beautiful masterpiece from the master poet that needs no introduction. The opening title track sets the mood for everything we deal with in life, including death, religion, and a dash of humor. It's Leonard's 14th studio album, and it was released 17 days before he died. Now, in an interview promoting the album, he actually said he planned to live forever. Well, that was a lie. You lied to us, Leonard. Come on, man. <laughs> Get out there and listen to Leonard Cohen, listen to all of his stuff, but definitely check out You Want It Darker. Coming in at number three is A Bath, or as he likes to say, A Bath. The album is called Outstrider. Released in 2019, it's a phenomenal black metal album. It's phenomenal from start to finish, it's perfect for those cold winter nights. Many of you may know him from Immortal. In my opinion, this is a bath at its best. So go check out A Bath Outstrider. At number two, we're going to take a trip back in time to 1971 to visit Shock Rocker and the master of horror himself, Alice Cooper. Now, the album is called Killer. Listen to Dead Babies. That bass line alone will scare the bejeebers out of you. And coupled with Alice's sinister vocal line, it will have you hiding under the bed in no time. So check out Alice Cooper killer and coming in at number one is a fairly new atmospheric black metal band called yawada their latest 2020 release called Zhen, spelled d-j-i-n-n is a must-have check it out these guys have an image that is literally cloaked in anonymity they're always wearing hoods and they're always covering their faces so no one but except maybe their girlfriends well at least i hope their girlfriends knows what this band looks like now the band says that's because they want the music to speak for itself Now these guys are from my neck of the woods here in Portland, Oregon. And who knows, I could be shopping in Trader Joe's alongside some of these guys and not even know it. (laughs) Now their brand of black metal is very melodic and it really blends well with the 80s and the 90s gothic sounds. So that's what really drew me to them when I first heard their music. So check out Yawada Jin. Your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. Wow, that
1: is an amazing lineup. And if you want to hear these albums and more, all you have to do, it's very simple. Open up your Spotify, look up Eric's Ominous Discoveries, A-I-R-I-K, Eric. It's a special playlist made just for the gothic side of life. I'll also put a link in the show notes. So please check those out and help support Eric's playlist. My personal favorite, it's got to be Leonard Cohen. I mean, there's something great about listening to happy music with creepy fucking lyrics. And, you know, that deep voice, it's so sexy. I also love that all these religious people sing his song, Hallelujah, probably don't even know it's his song. And that the lyrics are basically about a fucked up sexual love affair. I don't even think Jesus has anything to do with that song. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. But that was the twisted sense of humor of Leonard Cohen. May he rest in space. So that's our show, plain and simple. Nothing more than our dead end soul screaming for the torture to go on and on. So we can whisper to ourselves, Good job. Good job. Be sure to follow the gothic side of life on social media and listen to our other shows. The podcast or YouTube.
0: May the tragedies we fear today become obsolete in tomorrow's dreams.